0: Sports news directors each week try to come up with a highlight reel. They try to pick out that play that changed the game. Whether in football, a running back takes the handoff, breaks through the line, goes 70 yards for the touchdown. Whether in baseball, that batter takes that one swing that hits the ball just perfectly right out of the park for the Grand Slam home run. That golfer hits the 90-foot putt that turns the game around. That checker jump that makes everything different in the game. Well, maybe not the checker one, but you get the idea. They show that play that changes everything, that takes the game that looks like it was lost, and all of a sudden everything is turned around. Wouldn't it be nice if life was that way? If there was some move, some play, some way to change everything. Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to be reading through a series of passages from the book of Romans that detail exactly that. Biblical ways that Jesus changes the game of our life. Realities of how Christ gives us victory in his power. We've also created some small groups that will be meeting Through the week. We've been talking about that over the last several uh, weeks. Those start up this week. They'll be reviewing and then digging a little deeper into those passages, finding ways that you can apply those biblical game changes to your life. Our first biblical game changer that we're going to take a look at occurs in Romans chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 21. What benefit Did you reap at the time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. The first biblical game changer we're going to take a look at this month is how in Christ, we are set free from sin. We talk about that a lot, but we also tend to forget that a lot. What does it mean that Jesus sets us free from sin? Well, to understand what that means, first we have to realize what we had in sin was not so great. In this passage, Paul has been using an analogy comparing slavery to freedom. Without Christ, he describes how we're slaves to sin, completely controlled by the outcome of our rebellion against God. In Christ, there's a fundamental change for all of that. He describes it in verse 19, the last part of the verse. Paul writes, just as you used to offer the bodies, the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. In Christ, we have a choice. We are free to decide whether we want to follow sin. Or righteousness? So, why wouldn't we choose righteousness? Well, that seems like an obvious question here on Sunday morning, here in the worship service. But come Monday, back in the world, the answer sometimes doesn't seem quite as obvious to us. How do we make the right decision when we don't have a hymn book to throw at it? Well, Paul starts by pulling back the curtain so that we can see sin for what it really is. He asks a question, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of? If you want someone to move, the first thing you have to show them is that where they are isn't going to work anymore. If you see someone standing in the middle of the highway, the first thing you do is you honk your horn and you say, Hey, get out of the road. You're going to get hit. The reason we do that is we know that if they stand there in the middle of the road, sooner or later, somebody's going to run over them. But until that person understands that standing in the middle of the road is not such a great idea, they're not going to move. The first thing we need to change the game of sin is to realize, this is not where I want to be. Or to use the theological phrase, there has to come that time when we are convicted of our sin. Now, the Holy Spirit does that for us. The Holy Spirit helps us to see, this is not where I want to be anymore. This is not who I want to be anymore. How do I get out of here? Paul realized that sometimes even believers might be tempted to fall back into their old sinful patterns of life. The first thing we need to do when we're confronted with that temptation is to remember why exactly did we get out of that in the first place. Is that really where we want to be? Take a good look at the map of your life. The Bible tells us very clearly, no uncertain terms, The way of sin leads to death. We traveled that road once as believers. All of us were once lost in our sin. We know what that road was like, but sometimes we forget. We didn't want to be there anymore. That's the reason we followed Christ because we recognize that where we were was not the place we wanted to be. We know where that road heads. So it's time to change the game. It's, it's time to change the direction. It's time to realize that in Christ, we have been set free. Free. This is one huge change of the game. In Christ, we have gone from being enslaved to sin to being set free in Christ. You don't get any bigger change than that. We've gone from hopelessness to victory. We've gone from shame to rejoicing. We've gone from death To life. Verse 22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Our life in Christ is not a vacuum. Where there once was shame, now there is holiness. Where there once was death, now there is life. Instead of serving sin, now we serve God. And the benefits are huge. The benefits are what the Bible describes as holiness and eternal life. Christ completely turns the table. We were dead in sin. And now we are alive in Christ. In school, we had to learn about synonyms and antonyms. Synonyms are words that mean the same thing. Antonyms are are words that are opposite in meaning. Now, if you're preparing to take the SAT, you're going to have the opportunity To find the antonym for words like pugnacious. The antonym for that, I'm told, is placid or pacific. Or the antonym for plebeian, which I'm told the antonym is to be refined or aristocratic. Or the antonym for imbroglio which I'm told the antonym for that is harmony. Now, if you're like me, you're kind of going, well, that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me because I did not really know what an imbroglio was. Here's the thing. The first step to determining the correct antonym, the thing that is the opposite of that, is you have to know what that actually is. We need to understand what sin is. When we depart from God's command, when we fail to live up to what He has created us to be, we've started down a road that leads to death. Temptation doesn't make it look that way. See, that's the problem. Temptation makes sin look great. Christ takes off the rose colored glasses and shows us exactly what sin really looks like. And then he provides the way out. Now, this week in our small groups, we're going to take a look at several ways God has provided to defeat temptation in our life. We all face temptation. We all struggle with temptation. We don't like to admit that, but that's the reality. We all struggle with with how to turn away from those things that tempt us. If they didn't tempt us, they wouldn't be temptation. So how do we handle that? Well, we're going to look at, at some ways, some biblical ways that God has provided that we can turn away from temptation. In fact, we're going to find six Biblical game changers on how we can turn the table on temptation. How we can avoid temptation. How we can run when temptation shows up. How we can pray for total victory. How we can look for the exit that God provides and how to get ready for the battle. Now, if you want to be a part of that, just see me right after the service. We've got several of the groups that are starting up this week. I'll tell you how you can be a part of them. This passage points out the big one. One of the ways we can avoid temptation is to see it for what it really is. And then to see God's grace for what that really is. Take a look at sin. See it for what it is. No matter how good the entrance may look, the exit is always the same place. The exit's always death. God's grace looks beautiful at the beginning. And where we're headed in God's grace is beyond what we could possibly imagine. So the next time you face temptation, the next time that thing that that just befuddles you in life, that thing that you just can't seem to turn away from, the next time that confronts you, remember. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Heavenly Father, this morning help us take off the blinders. Because that's what temptation is. It blinds us to the reality of what sin truly is. God, that's part of the problem. When we're faced with temptation, we don't realize how dark and horrifying it truly is. We think it's no big deal. God, just take those blinders off. Help us as we confront temptation to see sin for what it really is. It takes us away from what you've created us to be. But God, you've not only allowed us to see the horrific nature of sin, you've provided the way out. Help us to see that brightly, vividly this morning. That in your grace, we have been set free from sin. You've changed the game for us in Jesus. God, help us to realize your marvelous grace today. In Jesus' name, amen.